It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. The best in the West fall to the best in the NBA. It's never fun seeing your ex return home with a new team. Plus, how many Big Ten teams deserve a one seed in the NCAA tournament? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Philadelphia 76ers came back to beat the Utah Jazz in overtime, 131 to 123, behind 40 and 19 from Joel Embiid. Joining me now from Locked On Sixers, Keith Pompey. And Keith, when Joel is playing like this, it's hard to imagine anyone in the East, anyone anywhere, stopping him when he's going like this. Are they the best team in basketball? Uh, close to the best team. I mean, I, I, I still think, I still think the Brooklyn Nets are the best team, you know, I mean, but he, he keeps them close now, you know, and that's not a knock against the Sixers. It's just that when I see Brooklyn, you know, I three, see like three future Hall of Famers, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's kind of hard for him to do that by himself, but let's get it wrong. I mean, I can't get it twisted. I think he is the MVP though. The Brooklyn matchup is going to be endlessly fascinating, especially if we think they're going to add a big here down the stretch. It is worth asking, though, who's going to guard Joel Embiid on a lot of these teams, the Nets included. There have been some questions about Philly's ability late in games to find buckets. And Joel Embiid, you know, as a post player, you can double him. He's not always been a great passer out of the post. But when you look at this game, with under five minutes, into overtime in that stretch the only player not named Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid who scored a point was Seth Curry with Harris and Embiid is that duo enough to carry them in a theoretical playoff series against a Bucks, uh, a Sixers a Lakers you know I, I think no I, I think that right now when you look at the 76ers team a great team but they're missing something they're missing a perimeter guy who can get his own buckets, you know, someone who can, you know, uh, I mean, I, I love Tobias, I love Joel, but sometimes it's hard to run plays for them. Everything has to go right. They need a guy you just give the ball to and he, you say, go to work and let's get it done. They don't have that. And they, they're going to need that in the playoffs in order for them to get out the second round. As you watch the, uh, the, the game like this, and I know, I know Philly won, and so it, it seems weird mm-hmm. to be, you know, picking at, at their flaws, but it does seem like a team. I think Milwaukee is like this. I think Brooklyn is like this. They're going to be judged based on the postseason. When, when you project this team into the playoffs and based on everything that you just said, do you feel like then as you look at the James Harden non-trade that Philly could have been a little bit more aggressive to get that late game score to pair with Joel? It, it depends. See, because the, the whole James Harden trade thing, you know, 
it was great, but they also wanted Maxi, right? And and mm-hmm. and I think it was one of those things, a waiting game. You think about it, like Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel, like really, like Ben Simmons is a three-time All Star. Like you know, he he can play multiple positions. They got like draft picks. They got all this other stuff, but those draft picks aren't going to be any good. I mean, maybe they could swap them, but maybe you can argue, yeah. The Sixers could have been a little bit more aggressive, but I also think what they gave, what they were willing to give up was more than enough. Um, I just think that Houston didn't want to give him, (laughs) didn't want to give James Harden to Daryl Morey. Coming up, James Harden returns to Houston and adds to their misery. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. One more break to talk about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts off his computer, choosing only from the brands his warehouse happens to carry? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for yourself for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, Rock Auto is always the reliably low price for you and the same for a professional. Not two different prices. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It was James Harden's return to Houston Wednesday night, and it was James Harden once again leading the Nets to a 132-114 victory over the Rockets. Adam Armbrecht here with the Locked On Nets podcast coming to you from the void on a dominant performance in James Harden's return to Houston. Another triple-double in the bag. It really has become ho-hum to see that. Generally speaking, the fan base, some cheers, maybe a smattering of boos, but the thing that's beautiful from a Brooklyn Nets fan standpoint is James Harden continued to play the role that he's played since coming over to Brooklyn. Controlled, played within himself, facilitated, gave his other teammates opportunities from the perimeter, found great access into the paint, and then in the fourth quarter when it came down to needing to take over and really tamper down some of those runs from Houston, it was of course James Harden who elevated his game, attacked in the lane, knocked down triples from the outside, and led Brooklyn to their 10th out of 11 possible victories. You can, of course, listen to the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It was Dame time again, this time against the Warriors. What up, y'all? Pass first point guard. Who's the Locked On Blazers? Mike Richmond. Let's get it out of the way early. 
Look, we've seen this one before. Damian Lillard delivered late, hitting a clutch three and then drawing a charge to deliver the Blazers a 108-106 win over the Golden State Warriors. But this wasn't as much about Dame being a superhero as he struggled early in the Blazers' supporting cast, particularly Carmelo Anthony carried him. This was mostly about the Blazers getting enough help that their superstar didn't have to be a superstar, and them getting a win over a team with a winning record for the first time since February 11th. They beat a good team, and Dame was good when it mattered. Tune in to Lockdown Blazers for more. The 76ers beat the Utah Jazz 131-123 in OT, where Donovan Mitchell got ejected. After the game, Mitchell was heated. It's tough to, to go out there and see how we fight and compete and to have a game like that taken from us. And I'm never, ever one to, to, to blame a ref, to blame a fish. I could say I, we could have done more, but this, this is getting out of hand. You know, there have been games like this that we've won. There have been games like this that we've, we've, we've lost, but this whole refereeing stuff and the way we're, we're nice, we don't complain, we don't like, we don't get frustrated, you know, we fight through things. And the fact that we just continually get, get screwed in a way by this, you know, like we, we won this game, in my personal opinion, you know, but like I said, I'm gonna give them credit, they won, whatever, cool. But like, this is, it's, it's the consistent thing. And, you know, the question is, can we can we do it? Can we sustain it? Are we for real number one? Like, yeah, the hell we are. And it's getting, it's getting ridiculous. The Lakers are limping to the All-Star break and had a tough one against Sacramento on Wednesday night. Anthony Ewan here for Locked on Lakers. Thank God that's over. Woo! <laughs> the Lakers are finally, the NBA, well, the Lakers especially, are finally at the All-Star break, everybody can get a little bit of rest. Everybody can kind of get their feet back under them. Sure, the Lakers lost, whatever. Congratulations, Sacramento, on, on, on uh, your win. But the Lakers are at the All-Star break right now. They get a few days off. David, I get a few days off. I'll talk to you later. The New York Jets have stayed confident in Sam Darnold this offseason, but yesterday, Jets GM Joe Douglas was asked if the phone rang, will he answer it? To answer that question, you know, I, I, um, I, I will answer the call um, you know, if, if it's made. And so, um, you know, I, as, it, as it pertains to Sam, I mean, I, like I said, Sam, Sam's, a, we think, a dynamic player in this league. Um, with unbelievable talent and who's really, really um, has a chance to to really hit his outstanding potential moving forward. But um, you know, like like, like I said earlier, um, if calls are made, I, I will I will answer. Here is another story you need to know. In his return to Houston, James Harden put up a 29-14 and 10 triple double in a 132 to 114 win over the hapless Houston Rockets. Joining me now, Jackson Gatlin from Locked On Rockets, and this is the first time we've seen Harden back in Houston since the trade. So Jackson, how did you think all those first round picks played tonight? <laughs> the first round picks uh, played phenomenally, Peter. Uh, they, they were uh, <laughs> exceptional. I mean, uh, the the pick swaps were active on the defensive end, active hands, great reads. The uh, the picks themselves were were so unstoppable offensively. I loved every minute of this basketball game. This is not a team that is playing for the right now, so it's it's hard to gauge you know the quality of this trade or or the return that they got based on a game like this. What was the experience like, though, of watching Harden 
in another jersey. I joked before the game even started that seeing James Harden play in another jersey against the Houston Rockets was going to give me whiplash, and that's absolutely what it did. I mean, it's so crazy to think that he didn't end his career in Houston, and that's really you know, what even he believed, uh, you know, speaking in an interview with Malika Andrews, saying that he believed, you know, very firmly that he was going to spend the rest of his playing days in Houston. But things change, situations change. And, you know, for James Harden, a guy who was 31 years old, um, the clock ticking on his body to, you know, remain an elite player. Arguably, you could make the argument that this season, since joining the Nets, he's been the best player in the NBA this season. That, you know, he had a certain amount of time left, a time allotted to be a top tier player who could reasonably be the go to guy or at least, you know, the second in command on a championship caliber team. So I don't fault him for realizing that and wanting to make the most of his situation. I think a lot of Rockets fans still feel some kind of way about the way that he forced himself out. I, I definitely think that he went about it the wrong way, um, but I don't fault him for it, I guess. Look, a lot of these guys are not going to be long-term pieces here. They're playing the long game. But when you think about those pick swaps and the picks and all of that stuff, are guys like John Wall and Victor Oladipo going to be around to see those things come to fruition? Or are those guys basically just here to help for aesthetics in the short term? I think that we have to scale it back even a little bit further um, and look at the fact that Rafael Stone's MO since taking over for Daryl Morey has been operating kind of on the fence in both aspects of, you know, while he still had James Harden and before the Harden trade actually took place, a lot of his moves could be viewed as both long-term moves as well as moves to stay at least relatively competitive in the here and now. And this team, we, we, we kind of forget about it because they're on a 13-game slide now, which, hey, 13 losses in a row to number 13 himself, of course, because the universe is a cruel mistress. But a lot of these moves that Rafael Stone has made give the Rockets uh, a kind of flexibility in what direction they want to go. And I think that had this team actually not been bitten so severely by the injury bug, had they had you know some actual practice reps, um, if they didn't have all these inconsistencies with their lineups this season, then I think we'd be looking at a Rockets team that was at least competing or hovering around that eight, nine, uh, maybe seven seed territory of the Western Conference. Coming up, our cue of the day. How many Big Ten teams deserve a one seed in the NCAA tournament? Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. A slew of impressive wins put Michigan in the catbird seat behind Gonzaga in the number two spot of the nation in line for a potential number one seed. That was until Tuesday when they lost to Illinois. So how does this affect the Big Ten's ability to grab two number one seeds in the NCAA tournament? Locked on Big Ten's Ben Stevens has the answer. Well, Peter, I think you would have a lot of people that now question Michigan after the drubbing of a loss at the hands of Illinois on Tuesday night inside Michigan's home arena in the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. It was ugly. It was a really bad loss for Michigan, thoroughly dominated for all 40 minutes by the fourth-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini, but a number four team in the country playing without their star player and leading scorer in Io DeSumo. Yes, it is bad. So some people might question, ooh, 
Is Michigan still on the same tier as Gonzaga or Baylor, who beat West Virginia on Tuesday night? I would still say that they are. These kind of losses happen in a season where you are playing against the best competition in all of college basketball and the best conference in all of college basketball. And that is still what the Big Ten Conference is. So I do not question if Michigan is on the same tier as Gonzaga or Baylor. Are they the second best team in the country right now? The case may be a little bit harder to make than it was before Tuesday night. But I still believe in Michigan being a Final Four and national championship contender. What I know for certain, though, Peter, is that the Big Ten will have two number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. Michigan will be one of them, and I think most likely right now it is Illinois. If it is not Illinois, it is Ohio State. But I think Tuesday night, outside of the tough loss for Michigan, proved how good of a basketball team Illinois is out of the battle-tested Big Ten Conference. They have now won three straight games without Ayodosumu, so you add him back into the fold, their leading scorer, averaging nearly 21 points per game in Big Ten action. I believe Illinois is a Final Four contender right there with Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor as well. Ohio State might take the number one seed if it's not Illinois. The Buckeyes and the Illini meet on Saturday to end out the regular season. So what I know for sure is Michigan, the second best team in the country behind Gonzaga, might be a little harder to say that after Tuesday night's drubbing of a loss to Illinois. But one thing I can say for certain, The Big Ten will have two number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. And finally, the Pittsburgh Penguins tried to thank their fans in a Twitter post on Wednesday night, but people quickly caught on that the team had photoshopped the original photo to make sure the fans in the stands all looked like they were properly wearing masks when some of them were not. They also completely cropped out a woman who had no mask on at all. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Friday, what teams will benefit most from the All-Star break and which teams could lose momentum? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.